Do ghosts sleep? What if my hair starts growing down into my head instead of out of my scalp? Answers to these (laughs) answers to these questions and more on this paranormal life. Sorry, I kind of got thrown there. It's scary, isn't it? (laughs) You were in a dark place when you wrote that one. That's that's a thought that even by saying it aloud, there's people on our way on their way to the house right now to arrest you. <laughs> I, I just blurted it out one night, 1am, glass of whiskey, complete darkness, staring into an open fire. <laughs> Water hair started growing into my head. That is terrifying. Really a terrifying thought. Welcome to this. Welcome to this paranormal life. This is the weekly comedy podcast, not yeah. a horror podcast. Oh my God. Uh, where every Tuesday... We investigate a different paranormal tale, deciding by the end of the episode whether it's truly paranormal or not. You're joined by me, Kit Greer-Malvena, and this guy, Rory Powers. How are you doing today, Rory? Doing pretty good. On uh, today's episode, we're going to be talking about what if your teeth started growing into your face? Now you're talking about <laughs> I think that's what happens to rats, though, isn't it? <laughs> What? Sorry. What are you talking about? You know the way rats. I'm a, I'm a, you're, you're someone right now who's trying to pass off a fact as if like you haven't meticulously researched it before. You're like, I think yeah. actually, now that I think about you it, I believe, it's, uh, I believe it's rats where their teeth grow inside their skull. It's like, it sounds like you already know that it is. Is it rats that the teeth grow to, <laughs> at a rate of uh, 0.5 millimeters per week? Uh, in my research, in, in research that I've read that I haven't performed myself in the basement... Uh, I've I've heard that their teeth grow into the skull. You know how many rats you can fit in a barrel? <laughs> is that why there's so much cheese in your fridge? <laughs> it is top to ceiling different types of cheese. Classified. I think that, that not to get off topic, I think that the thing is why rats gnaw things is so that their teeth don't, I think if they can't gnaw, I think the teeth start growing what, weird. Really? Uh, how you doing, bud? How you doing? <laughs> yeah, you're just, you're asking and saying so many weird things. It's hard to kind of, Pretend like nothing is, nothing weird is going on. Maybe, That's why they gnaw. Maybe today's case has put my head into a dark place. Uh, I, I I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's it's almost as if my kind of dark dreams or nightmares at night are spilling over into the daytime, and I just kind of keep these questions inside. I don't blame you. Look, creatures all across the world, animals are are they paranormal beings? Even the regular ones. I saw a video the other day where someone was explaining that. Everyone knows caterpillars, and everyone knows that they become butterflies when they go into their cocoon. Did you know there's a step in between? (laughs) Did you know there's a step in between that's actually kind of important? Go on. They don't just, like, sprout little wings out of their worm body. They dissolve into goo. Right. And they essentially become a sentient puddle, and then that forms into a butterfly. Jesus, but that they vaguely sounds familiar. They've tested it before, and when they become a butterfly, they have the same memories as the caterpillar. What do you mean the same memories? S- Come on, S- somehow this goo remembers. It holds memories. A butterfly was like, I know who shot JFK. Like, <laughs> God damn it, that's crazy. Uh, I think it's something sad, like they electrified the caterpillar okay. and then also electrified the butterfly, and they both hated it. <laughs> that, so, I don't know if that's memory that's just instinct is it? So, <laughs> I know what you mean though it's like they trained one to eat jammy dodgers and then it became a butterfly and it still loved jammy dodgers right or or like they beat up the caterpillar 
And then uh, when it became a butterfly, they like cocked a fist back and it flinched. <laughs> yeah. You know, so these it's like all, I had the instincts. These are all <laughs> examples of the same thing, just abu- <laughs> abuse. But uh, that, is, that is a legitimately fascinating fact, though. It really is. You know, so on this podcast, yes, we do tell you a lot of stories that turn out to be fiction. But don't say that we don't come at you with some scientific facts as well. Double check it, though. Double check it before you tell your friends and your peers at a party, because it might be nonsense. I believe it is true, but it might be nonsense. I think... uh, Memory goo. I think I was sentient goo after the end of our 2022 UK live tour. That's what I classified as, as a human being. You wish you could forget some memories. (laughs) I'm not going to get sidetracked, but I mentioned my dreams. I had a dream the other night. I was a bowling ball. (laughs) That was tough. Stop right there. We don't have time. We don't have time to get into it. We do not have time okay. to get into I, we it. Really, we really don't because you're going five minutes now. We haven't even started today's episode, but I do have some follow-up questions that I need to understand. Who threw you and what were the pins? I only really remember being in the bit, the bit where you come out of the machine and someone picks you up. I don't. I don't have that, that, you know, it wasn't like a I'm trying to get some meaning from it, like vivid. Did, was it your father that picked you up and he bowled you at, There you actually know? is some pretty strong Freudian me- metaphors about being picked, right? Because there's lots of bowling balls. That's the idea. <laughs> yeah, I guess. So, I, I feel like you're trying to twist this dream into something nice. Like I'm you not, were selected. I, I'm not. Okay. I'm not. <laughs> I think it was a borderline anxiety dream. I'm just, I, I'm just honest. I'm just telling you what happened. Okay. Okay. Sometimes I just close my eyes and see pins is all. Uh, We are not going to get, that's the true story, we're not going to get derailed into more dream talk. No one likes listening to other people talk about their dreams, especially when they were bowling balls. In them, we have a brand new paranormal case. Sorry, did it just... get to the bottom. Did it feel like you were yourself or you were a bowling ball? Just a a sentient bowling ball. It's actually similar to the idea of being sentient goo or a caterpillar. It's like... It's like, I was yeah. just a, a, awake. And when when he bowled you, were you just like, it's kind of flying down the alley? <laughs> yeah. I don't know what you want me to say, man. <laughs> I, I I shouldn't have brought it up, obviously. I don't have that much to say you on the matter. You can't bring it up at the start of the podcast a, and then be like, I don't want to talk about some it. Of the, some of the podcast is a bit. I, I don't <laughs> mind talking about it, but I just don't have that much to say <laughs> because it's not a bit. It's my real life. It's not your real life. You need to understand, you being a bowling ball is not real. Sometimes I think this is the dream, and being a ball was the real bit. We have a new case to get into, uh, and we're going to do just that. After a couple words from today's sponsors, with a reminder that every episode episode, of This Paranormal Life is available ad-free. In bowling form. At (laughs) patreon.com forward slash This Paranormal Life. All right, we're back. you got to stop laughing. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Okay. Let's go. Let's go. We're taking it back to a time before bowling, the 3rd of March, 1877. Whoa, 1877. A little baby is born to a poor family in rural Kentucky, only mm. 12 years after the Civil War. Little Edgar Casey was special from a young age. Even as a child, he saw the ghost of his deceased grandfather. Whoa. I guess maybe if if you're seeing ghosts at that age, you don't even know you're not supposed to be seeing ghosts. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. That's genuinely kind of scary. 
Growing up in the time period he did, he became a devout Christian by the age of 10 and loved nothing more than to grab his Bible and crack it out in the middle of the woods. Oh. I do need to see some evidence of that because I think, to be fair, that's what I would have told my parents I was doing if, in fact, I was breaking the law or taking drugs. Yeah. My parents were like, oh, Kit, where are you, where are you going? You going out to meet some friends? I'm like, yeah, we're going to crack open the Bible in the woods and read each other gospels. <laughs> we're going to crack open a couple Bibles and <laughs> chug it down. A few Bible lights. <laughs> Billy had so many Bibles last time we went out, he was sick in his own hands. <laughs> he was quietly reading the book of Deuteronomy when suddenly, out of nowhere, a woman appeared before him. She had beautiful, delicate-looking wings, and she hovered above him like a fairy. Oh, hell yeah. Tell me, child, what is your, what is your heart's deepest desire? Did she stutter like that, or is that was that you making a mistake? Because I feel like angels. You're starting to look like ten or... pins, motherfucker. <laughs> How'd you like to be split? Because I never got a strike. I couldn't in the dream all night. I didn't get a strike. <laughs> okay. He thought for a second, then answered, "To help people, especially sick little kids." She smiled. As you wish, so it shall be. And with that, she was gone. Little Edgar wasn't scared, just a little confused, on account of, I don't think there were fairy women in uh, the book of Deuteronomy. Wait, so so she turned up, asked what he wished for, he told her, and it's granted now? I guess. I would be so, if this was me, I would be so pissed off, because if a fairy turns up, the assumption is, the unspoken understanding is... There's going to be three wishes. This is you on the complaints line to the fairy <laughs> bureau. Uh, and Everyone I, knows how it works. Yeah, and if I, I, of course I'm going to start off with the good one because you want people to think you're a nice person. So you're like, well, obviously, world peace. Oh, oh, of course. Harump. Uh, yes, let the trumpets of peace yeah, the fa- rain the fairy through. woman, her eyes are rolling. She's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. And, oh, I have two more. Mm, I guess an Xbox then as well. <laughs> if I have more wishes, because world peace already that that was obviously I had to pick that one. So, so if the world is, is sorted and it is, yeah, then so in now that, that, case, now that it's Xbox. done, yes, giant penis. <laughs> okay, so I that's wish three. something I don't need, but I feel like if the wish is here, I'm going to take it. <laughs> giant penis in an Xbox, please, your highness. You don't need, but you don't have. Well, to, <laughs> maybe I want clear. a second. Maybe I want two of them. Okay. Oh my God. <laughs> Maybe I want to downsize because it's a little uncomfortable currently when I wear tight jeans. There's there's something. An <laughs> angel's like, you have to stop. <laughs> no one's ever said the word penis to an angel before. It turns out we don't like it. <laughs> I didn't know I didn't like that, but I don't. There's something funny about being like, it's like, yeah, for sure, like world peace. And then with my other wishes and the fairy's like, what a kind soul. Can I also interest you in the wish of curing hunger? For the poor, and you're like, yeah, for yeah, for sure, because I yeah, thought that kind right, of got rolled hunger, up in peace. Yeah, because yeah. the, they're hung, they're still hungry, <laughs> even though it's peaceful. It's like, mm-hmm, that's right. And what about homes for the homeless? You're like, all right, you need to can it. You need to can it. These are my wishes. These are my wishes. Surely you can grant these wishes anytime you like. Yeah, she gets you to go for the uh, 
uh, feed all the hungry. And you're like, okay, well, I still got one more wish left. And she's like, they're probably going to want to drink with that. It's like, oh, for <laughs> f- sake, give them all a soda. Give them all a soda, goddammit. What it. is this? <laughs> what is this? You turn up, you say I've got wishes, you tell me the wishes that I need to make. It, it is unexpected. The fairy element is unexpected, and it's pretty interesting. It goes to show that the paranormal uh, is not necessarily what we anticipate. Because he grew up in this time, he's expecting the world of the Bible to be exactly kind of the world he sees around him, but that is not what happened. The first kind of crazy experience he had was yeah. with a, a f-ing fairy. As I say, Edgar was okay with it, just a little confused. But it was almost dinner time, so he set off home with his Bible tucked under his arm. The family gathered around the table to eat, but not everyone was too happy. Edgar, your mother and I got a letter from the school today. Your performance is sorely lacking, especially in spelling. You've always got your nose in that Bible. Surely you could spell. Do it now. Spell the word necessary. N E S Yes? No, you simpleton. And because it was 1877, his parents smacked him upside the head. As Edgar made his way to bed, his head pounded and his ears were ringing. But through the fuzz, he heard a voice. It was the winged woman from the woods, somehow speaking inside his brain. Take your school book, rest your head upon it, and go to sleep. If I didn't know any better, I would think Edgar was insane. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hearing the voices of uh, forest wood women. Yeah, how hard they hit him. <laughs> he didn't understand where the words came from. But when a ghost from the future talks inside your head, you listen. And he decided to obey them. This is a tough situation to be in because uh, you know, listeners of the podcast might not know that I myself am quite dyslexic and you know, in today's modern society, that's approached a very different way. And there's ways that people can help you and, you know, make people understand your difficulties. In the 1700s, 1800s, they would have beat the shit out of me. <laughs> I would have been called the town donkey brained boy. Right. And they would have kind of made me just work in a field. Uh, so I'm glad that we've come a long way from just hitting your child until he sees angels. <laughs> Yeah, that's not saying it hit him until he dies and then he'll see the angels. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ideally, he sees them before the point of death. Yes, yeah. It's always fascinating to think, isn't it? What will be the things that we do today that in the future they can't believe we used to do? Because we look back on kids being hit in school and going, that is crazy. Imagine a kid can't spell a word and so you smack him. Yeah. That's a crazy thing. That's a really good point. I don't know. Maybe, probably vaping, people will be like, that right. actually was was way worse than we thought. <laughs> we think that's bad now, though, <laughs> is the thing. <laughs> that's true. Maybe, like, parkour, free running, would be like, I can't believe we just let teenagers do backflips off skyscrapers. Yeah. Although it's pretty cool. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's never going to not be cool. I mean, I have nothing against it, but surely... Like boxing and MMA, that's got to be up there in terms of the not aging gracefully in kind of the eyes of history. Right. And I know fighting is very ancient, but (laughs) but I don't know. Can we really be a a species that ventures into the galaxy, uh, you know, sets up colonies on Mars and at the same time 
a guy with cauliflower ear is dislocating another Serbian guy's arm. Yeah, I I, I don't really look fondly upon it now. So at least I'm, I know I'm on the right side of history with that hmm. one. But you're absolutely right, Rory. Uh, thank God. Thank God you were brought up in a different time. And now it's only me that smacks you whenever you uh, get a fact on the podcast. It's true. Well, Maybe maybe gym class at school. That's something that's probably not going to age well. Because I, I think it's already changed a lot since we were kids. But there were definitely times where they would just surprise you with a fitness test. <laughs> that was essentially, let's see who's the fattest. <laughs> it, like, uh, it, it, it was a Squid Games-esque <laughs> kind of playground laid right out. to like, the jumpsuit, yeah. Yeah, to annihilate... Uh, the the fatties from the class. And as a fatty, I didn't appreciate it. It's quite funny you say that. I was listening to a podcast yesterday and they were talking about fitness tests. And that did really unlock some kind of core memories. I was like, that there's something that doesn't yeah seem PC about it. I suppose because we now live in an age of like body positivity mm-hmm. um, and where people were kind of being encouraged to like, you know, just never think about weight at all, really. Just focus on people's health. Health rather than, um, yeah. But yeah, but but back then it was like, it, it was like, we're going to expel you if you can't get from, <laughs> if you can't get from point A to point B before the, the CD beeps. Yeah, we haven't, I think we've maybe talked about it once on the podcast before, but the beep, I don't know if that was a thing that the was beep in test. US the beep schools. Test. Yeah. Uh, it, it was essentially something they did here in the UK, at least, where one day they, they would never tell you when it was going to happen because you weren't allowed to prepare for some reason. <laughs> you would just get to class and like pe- like people would be crying and like consoling each other. And you're like, well, well what's going on? You wake your way through the crowd. You find your your friend Thomas and you're like, Thomas, surely it cannot be today. And he's like, I'm afraid so, brother. We've been summoned for the beep. Yeah, as if it's the fucking Triwizard Tournament from Harry <laughs> Potter, where where it's a weird, like, fun little secondary school game, but actually half of them die. <laughs> yeah, and they, they would make you line up on one side of a hall. When you hear the beep, you run to the other side of the hall. Right. And then you have, you have enough time to recover till you hear the beep again, and you have to go to the other side of the hall. And the beep is basically incrementally getting faster. Faster and faster and faster until the beep is happening very quickly. And if you didn't make it to the end, you're eliminated. Yeah, right. Until it's only, let's face it, the tallest and hottest kids in <laughs> class competing against each other. Uh, it was really frustrating. I think it was uh, probably something they... they don't or shouldn't do anymore it's yeah it's funny you say like it it was there was something traumatizing about all that stuff like i just remember that with such dread was like going to like swimming class and having to like yeah race like lengths and stuff and do tests i don't know why i felt so even though we were all shit at it it felt humiliating yeah i don't know why it was super embarrassing so hopefully that's treated in a bit of a different way we're getting distracted to get back to our story edgar had been told to rest his head upon his school book and go to sleep. That night, he slept on a hardback book instead of his pillow. And the next morning, when he woke up, he knew the contents of the pages so well he could recite the entire book from memory. Wow. From then on, he slept on a different book every night. Holy shit. He would awaken to a brain full of fresh knowledge. And by the end of the school year, he was performing at such a high level he had to be put with the older and advanced students. But he had developed other abilities too. He began to see ghosts everywhere, and not just of his grandfather. His parents were concerned because 
they hadn't told Edgar. But Grandpappy had displayed some supernatural abilities of his own while he was alive. Okay. So you're so th- this child is claiming allegedly to have some supernatural abilities, and maybe that is why he could even see that fairy thing in the start. But the fact that that thing is getting involved is also opening up more powers to him, like being able to sleep on books and to obtain their knowledge. It's a good point, yeah. I, I actually haven't thought about the kind of order of these events, but yeah, I would kind of see it as, as you say, he has a propensity, he has the ability to see these things like this fairy, and then... It's almost as if the fairy is like not bestowing powers, but like almost like pointing him in the right direction. Being right. like, hey, you having trouble at school? You're you're fucking special. So you don't need to study. You just need to put your head on a book. Yeah. Which is weird because I was called special, but I got held back here. <laughs> oh, How's he on. getting moved forward? We don't have time for that. <laughs> Unfortunately for Edgar, it was around this time that he had a terrible accident at school. He and the other boys were presumably playing 1v1 basketball when Edgar got his ankles snapped, not literally, and damaged his spine. Oh, Jesus! It was so bad that he was partially paralyzed. His mother was inconsolable and- He, wait, who, what, hold on? He was playing, he got injured so bad in the playground, he was paralyzed? (laughs) Yes. Oh my God, that's the beep right there. (laughs) That motherfucker got called up for the beep. Definitely. <laughs> he, he tried so hard to sprint. He <laughs> scorpioned and snapped his back in half. <laughs> oh my God. His mother was inconsolable and would not leave her young son's bedside, silently crying. But just then, Edgar started talking. Oh, 50 milliliters milk, 25 grams butter, 100 grams breadcrumbs. <laughs> 50 grams walnuts. He's lost it. We need to put him down. <laughs> put him out of his misery. He wasn't starting a conversation. He was listing ingredients. Bake 15 minutes at 180 <laughs> till golden brown. Still asleep, he finished his recipe and said, Prepare this to my exact directions and I will be cured. She was willing to try anything, so hurried to the kitchen to make Edgar his magical elixir. <laughs> This is the equivalent of any time I was sick as a kid and I was like, oh, that maybe some ice cream would help my tummy. Oh, some Fortnite, I think, would distract me from the sickness. I've told the story before, but, you know, me and my friends, it's not a laughing matter, me and my friends were uh, all struck with a terrible, terrible, quick and unforgiving bout of, of an illness known as um, bungeeitis. Uh, right. when Halo 2 dropped for Xbox. I believe you once referred to it as Spartan Fever. Spartan Fever. Also. The Halo 2 video game long awaited <laughs> and pre-ordered, of course, by me and all my friends, uh, dropped and was delivered to our, our houses that day, which was a school day. Um, and we all developed terrible coughs that morning. Yeah, it must have been something <coughs> in the box. Oh, yeah. it's just <laughs> all of a sudden. Uh, I was thinking that the other day, you know, I've been sick. Uh, recently thanks to my toddler and it is a little bit pathetic but I kind of have this now uh, psychological connection between being sick and like you say treats you would have got when you were sick and to this day I still buy uh, Sprite or 7up when I'm sick Wow! just as like a little like I think my you know like back in the day I don't know if it was just Irish mammies or all mammies but their whole thing do you remember like flat coke yeah 
That was like the cure to cancer, flat Coke. Yeah, I remember being really weirded out by that because I think when I was really sick and had a, you know, I was almost delirious from a fever. And my mum was like, oh, you know what you need? It's just a, it's just a flat Coke. And my mum was a nurse for 60 years. <laughs> I was like, you of all people should know what I need is medicine. medicine. Yes, lots of medicine and possibly bed rest and water. Like, I was I was on my knees begging for a drop of water. And she's like, no, no, give it 45 minutes and this DC will have, will have cooled down a little. <laughs> Please, mom, no. Which... I'm sure everyone has experienced this, but for anyone who hasn't experienced this, this is literally what it sounds like. Buying Coke, Coca-Cola, yeah. opening the bottle, and just just letting the air, just letting all the bubbles out. I, I, I cut to me on my deathbed. My mother's like, oh, don't worry, I'm bringing the doctor up. And I'm like, is it Pepper? Is it Dr. Pepper? He is flat, <laughs> yes. cold for the doctor. Uh... But, you know, say what I will, uh, I, I don't know. I I think realistically, because now I've got a kid, I know that what I do when she's sick is I feel bad for her and give her whatever she wants. Right. So she gets to have a little bit of ice cream or whatever. So, you know, maybe I'm creating those new connections that uh, that she will want to have toffee popcorn or something every time she's sick. Yeah. I mean, for us, I think we were probably not getting medicine because most of the time we were faking it. <laughs> so that's probably why. But back to Edgar's elixir. Sure enough, when he drank the concoction, his body was fully restored. It was a miracle, and he had discovered his gift for healing that the fairy promised him. What? You know, he said he wanted to help the kids, even the sick ones. Oh. Turned out he was able to help himself too. This is only really strange because uh, I believe it was last week we did a case on a guy who discovered the secret to an elixir that would grant him eternal life. Uh, his was done through alchemy, you know, mixing together metals and potions and rituals. This motherfucker is just using milk and eggs. <laughs> he made a protein shake that brought him back. He was just malnourished. He asked his mother for a huel to get back on his feet. <laughs> his spine stopped working, so he drank a soylent and then he was fine. <laughs> he just needed more than 20 calories a day. We've got the we've got we've got the beginnings of an interesting paranormal career here as a potentially gifted, potentially paranormal child with a connection to the other side. One that we're going to explore as he clearly goes on to do great things. Uh, after a couple of words from today's sponsors. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Kit, when we bottle up our emotions, it can start to affect us negatively. Sometimes it's important that we get stuff off our chest. Tell me about it. I found a UFO in the forest and now this thing is attached to my chest. Jesus, that's an alien. Mm -hmm. 
All right, I was speaking metaphorically about dealing with emotions and talking about our feelings by using services like BetterHelp. I don't need to talk about my feelings. This thing can read my mind. Therapy can be a great way to set boundaries and become the best version of yourself. With BetterHelp, you can get matched with a licensed therapist that suits your needs. It's online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. We're saying they can get things off my chest, like uh, Zonktar here? Don't give it a name. Maybe me and Zonktar can sign up for BetterHelp together. Give it a shot, and whatever it is, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Paranormal Life today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Paranormal Life. Edgar would grow up and uh, get married as well. At which point, his wife convinced him to start sharing his gift with the world. What is this? What is the gift? He can heal kids or he can see ghosts? I guess they're both pretty good. All the above. He began to host readings. Two of them per day, with the aim to heal as many sick and injured people as possible. People came to him with all sorts of problems. His big break was in 1902 when a five-year-old girl was brought before him. Her parents had taken her to every doctor in the area and they all told her the same thing. She had a, quote, fatal brain condition and wasn't expected to live for very much longer. Edgar gave the girl a spinal adjustment and she went on to live a long and prosperous life. Whoa, not paranormal. (laughs) I'm guessing like this was one of those like uh, internet chiropractors. You ever see those like TikTok chiropractors? Just snapping people (laughs) back into place, yeah. (laughs) He could diagnose and heal just about anything. The person didn't even need to be in the same room. He could do this shit remotely. What? He was able to relieve the back pain of a grizzled sea captain a thousand miles away. Is it always back pain? Is it always (laughs) spine stuff? (laughs) No, actually. Okay. That is funny. Rory, we have seen healers a little bit like this. Yes. Over the years. Uh, what, what do you make of people like this? People that have a gift, supposedly, for diagnosing and healing. Uh, always a little skeptical of it, as you should be with any kind of alternative medicine. Uh, because in the past, the majority of cases, they turn out to be con men. Uh, they turn out to be snake Whoa, oil salesmen. The C word around. I'm throwing it around. You know, I don't know the full context of how this little whippersnapper is doing it. But um, is there a point in this story where he's going to start charging people for these appointments? I don't know. Well, you know, one would need to charge to, if this is your job, would it be so, (laughs) I'm just looking down the script here, would it be so bad if he were to start charging people? I think one of the cases that jumped to mind is uh, a case we investigated not too long ago about an individual called Dr. Baker who ran the Crescent Hotel. Mm. He, at one point, the hotel was a hospital where he claimed he had the cure to cancer. And I think it became very apparent that um, he didn't. (laughs) He didn't. And the only reason that people weren't returning from the hospital to tell everyone he didn't have the cure is because not many people left the hospital. And if they did leave, it was down a slide they reserved (laughs) for dead people, which was straight into a lorry, I think. Right. I think if any of the nurses were like, doctor, is it smart to let the patients go? The doctor's like, they won't get far. Trust me. If anything, I've made it worse. (laughs) So he's not going to be able to tell many people. Be a miracle if he survives the carriage ride home. Um, so I think with that in mind, uh, I'm always a little skeptical of quote-unquote healers. Mm. 
Well, people may have been skeptical back then too, but many more were intrigued and interested in procuring Edgar's powers for themselves. Word spread like wildfire, and he was suddenly in high demand. Letters were pouring in, begging for help with every condition under the sun. We're all probably wondering how these sessions went. That's what I'm going to tell you right now. Here's how it would go. Someone would come to his office for an appointment. A room that contained an armchair and a couch. Normally, therapists say to their patient, please t- you know, lie down on the kind of Freud-style therapist couch and then uh, they'll sit there and take notes and ask questions. Not in Edgar's office. Edgar said they could sit in the armchair and then he lay down on the sofa and go to sleep. Okay. That's when he would begin the reading, giving the customer all the answers to their problems from the dream world. Wow. Okay, forget it. Back in. This is cool. (laughs) He said he was able to tap into a universal consciousness of time and space. He could answer any question, not just in regard to healings. As long as the answer was milk or eggs. (laughs) (laughs) What's the recipe for pancakes? 50 gram flour, 100 ml milk. They're like, please help me. My wife is going to leave and take the kids. What should I do? 100 milligrams milk. (laughs) Two dozen eggs. (laughs) Milligrams as well, such a tiny quantity. (laughs) So before long, people were asking him to predict the future too. And he earned the nickname, The Sleeping Prophet. Wow. This is where it gets interesting for us, right? Because uh, a lot of these claims, quite difficult to prove. Uh, when people say they're healers. That's part of why, as you say, con men and healers are so prolific and successful is because, well, healing's a lot of psychology and stuff, isn't it? And we've all seen those videos of like people who are on crutches and then they get healed and then they throw the crutches down and run out of the church. Yeah. And it's like, okay, are they cured forever or do they just feel really good in that moment? It's tough. It's tough. Yeah, there's a lot of psychology, you know, think about the placebo effect. If someone is convinced and believes so hard that they are healed, that will change them physically. At least, now that he's got into predicting the future, this is great. We can uh, look at some of his predictions and see whether they were any good or not. Hmm, good point. Well, here are just some of the things he predicted. Six months before the financial crash of 1931, he warned his investor friends to sell their stocks and get out of the game. Those that didn't heed his warnings all ended up broke. After the crash, he proclaimed the economy would recover two years in the future. And in March 1933, it did. Okay, I'm worried that he has investor friends. Because I feel like a man of the people performing miracles on the poor shouldn't also have the phone number of all the guys at Wall Street. He predicted that Hitler would come to power. In the August of that year, 1934, he was voted into German parliament. He also said that he would rise to an immense height and would have to be fought in a war. He allegedly uh, predicted that FDR and JFK would be assassinated. He foretold the discovery of the Dead Sea Scrolls, the events of the Cold War, and extreme weather events like El Nino. Maybe most worryingly, he also did predict the borderline end of the world. Yikes. In 1936, he had a catastrophic vision of a shift in the Earth's magnetic poles causing two massive volcanic eruptions of Mount Pele and Mount Etna. He said, much of the Earth will be swallowed by water. 
that Atlantis will rise again and that all that will be left of the UK will be two small islands, Birmingham and London. Wow, why is he focusing on the UK? Isn't he in Kentucky? And lastly, he said, you're gonna wanna be in New Zealand when all this kicks off. I'm personally really worried about this one, Rory, mostly because when he said this is gonna happen is close, really close. Uh Uh-oh. 1998. Wait, that's when it's gonna happen? (laughs) 1998 has, of course, already passed. Yeah. Uh, Maybe he just got the date wrong. Uh, I don't know. But what I do know is he said this was going to be caused by the Earth's magnetic field flipping or shifting. Right. I don't know if you know anything about this, but that is actually about to happen. Uh, When? Let me find out. Basically, what this means is, you know the way when you point a compass and it says north and it points to magnetic north, which is a little bit different to uh, like the, the true north that we talk about on maps and stuff, and then south is magnetic south on a compass. Uh, basically, those, those are going to flip uh, at some point, and the Earth's magnetic poles have been flipping for the last 20 million years, uh, every... 200,000 to 300,000 years it flips jeez yeah this sounds like I think this is basically the plot to like the Tomb Raider movies or something right uh, is some kind of global catastrophe so uh, everything is reversed lies are truth no good is evil pretty much just north is south that's kind of the only thing that flips cats chase dogs now (laughs) no 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 it's only the hamburgers eat people this is so when is this happening I have to be prepared This is the worrying bit. We're about 300,000 years overdue a flipping. (laughs) It could happen any second. Right. One side of this pancake is cooked. We are ready to be flipped any second now. In lots of respects, like I say, life will not change. Uh, But it is a massive shift that could cause uh, some changes. Some scientists think that it actually could be quite significant. Uh, For example, they said it could cause solar winds to punch holes in the ozone layer, destroying power grids. And uh, one scientist said the aurora borealis would be every night, everywhere on Earth. That sounds sick, actually. I'm into (laughs) that one. It's kind of like Y2K, you know, turning into the year 2000. Uh, Most people believed everything was going to be fine. But uh, there were very few people that were like, we kind of don't know if it'll be fine until it happens. Um, worst case scenario, there will be aeroplanes dropping out of the sky. Entire power grids will shut down because we're incapable of registering this change of information. Turned out, I think it was almost entirely fine. It, it, it was. And, and I don't know if that was due to like a lot of effort on the part of engineers because there was a big rush, right, to fix it all and make sure it was okay. So I don't know if it was nothing or whether it was catastrophe was averted right. by actually smart people. I don't know. Who knows? If we're heading into this flip and all of a sudden people start selling night glasses, which are sunglasses you have to wear at night. <laughs> right. I just don't think that's Because the Aurora be Borealis is so f-ing bright. Okay. It's like the sun in the night sky, then we should, we might have to, uh, we might have to think about the possibilities of this actually happening. So, uh, like most people's future predictions we cover in this paranormal life, needless to say, that bag there was a mixed bag yeah. of, of uh, predictions. We know that they can be hard to prove, but allegedly 
he did make a lot of people rich with his predictions. You know, some people came to him with questions, you know, asking where they should uh, try and strike oil. Right. What were like big risky bets they should place? I, I, I feel like he's getting a little far away from the original goal <laughs> to heal sick children. Now he's letting he's letting oil tycoons know where to drill. This seems like a misuse of the ability. Well, you know, there's to only him. so many sick children in the world, Rory. You know, there's more. <laughs> there's a, there's more that haven't been healed yet. Well, Rory, you're being a little critical of Edgar, which I think is fair and warranted and healthy. Uh, that we should come to any purported medium psychic uh, kind of gifted individual person who can communicate with the other side we should approach them all with caution like that and you wouldn't be alone because one high profile critic is our own researcher Amy Mm, great while putting together this case she uh, borderline insisted that I now as we sort of reach the end of our tale about Edgar uh, kind of uh, take you on what she calls a debunkathon. Oh boy, <laughs> of just some of the little problems she has uh, with the story. But then maybe at that point, like on every episode of this paranormal, like we can try and balance that all in our heads with the story we've heard and with some of the criticism, and see where you come down today. Okay, I'm ready. You know where this whole story began was, of course, little Edgar seeing a fairy in the forest. What if he didn't? Because kids lie. Yeah, that's uh, that's a very uh, valid conclusion to make. He got his start as a kind of brilliant child, a gifted individual, with this technique of sleeping on top of books and absorbing by osmosis their contents. Well, we do know, to play devil's avocado, that there are kind of elaborate memorization techniques aren't there memory palaces things like that ways of learning massive amounts of information yeah if you're kind of a smart person you could do and it would seem pretty paranormal in the 1870s yeah yeah i do remember uh studying for exams at school and i remember that being something that i kind of figured out which was if i studied something essentially right before bed like right before bed i would remember it better than if I studied it, like, earlier in the day. Really? Yeah, so if I was learning, like, whatever, French vocab or Spanish or something like that, if I was trying to memorize words and the meanings and pronunciation, if I did it right before bed, it's almost like that would be the last thought I had and that would kind of marinate in my brain until the morning when it was, like, fully cooked, you yeah. know? I was, like, slow-roasting knowledge. Probably for you, because you might have had normal dreams, but when you're a bowling ball <laughs> for seven to eight hours a night... There is no room for 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 in Spanish vocab. Yeah, kid, there is no biblioteca. There is no playa. Kids, kids closing his eyes at night, just being like, uh, you know, donde está tu biblioteca? Donde está tu biblioteca? The world around him is fading. Next thing he knows, someone's shoving three fingers inside of him and throwing him down an alley. Oh, oh. not again! Please tell me you're at least French. <laughs> That's interesting and true, though, that there are weird techniques. Uh, I've come across that myself. Uh, mnemonic devices, uh, spaced repetition yeah. learning. This is all really real stuff. Songs. That's why you yeah. can remember lyrics to songs um, word for word. That's why you can remember every lyric to My Chemical Romance's first album, but you can't remember the periodic table. Very true. 
If the periodic table had have been the lyrics to a sick emo punk rock band uh, in the early 2000s, I'd know that shit off by heart. Yeah, if the periodic table was on the 2008 Warp Tour, I would have passed <laughs> chemistry. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Someone should just do a cover where it's all about it's all about the the periodic table and all the different elements. You know, it definitely exists. I mean, this is why you know all 151 original first-generation Pokemon. Because of the Pokey rap. Yes. Yeah, good point. Great point. So we need to do that for the kids of today. Potassium, magnesium, That's horrible. selenium, it's so re- and repetitious. all the other elements. I don't know all the rest. Dun, dun. What were the ones you said? Potassium, Potassium magnesium, magnesium, selenium. selenium. Such weird elements. <laughs> For you to think of. I will never, never forget a kid in our uh, secondary school chemistry class. The uh, teacher going, you know, and actually uh, diamond uh, is pretty much the hardest material known to man. That's why it's got so many amazing industrial uses. And one kid putting his hand up. It's like exchange students English. Them going, Sarah, what about adamantium? <laughs> And uh, having to be like, I don't think that's real. Yeah, for those who don't know, adamantium is a fictional metal uh, from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> I believe, oh wait, no, adamantium, is that DCU? That's Wolverine, isn't it? It's Wolverine. Wolverine's bones, yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my Almost made a big blunder so there. embarrassing. Yeah. We need to edit that out. Came back to our potential debunkathon. Sure, sorry. Uh, the next step in our journey was that he was healed by his own magic potion. What if the little shit was just pretending to be sick? Yeah, because the magic potion that cured him were the ingredients to cookies. <laughs> so, so, as I said, I've pulled that stunt before. <laughs> right? It's the oldest trick in the book. <laughs> yeah. Saying the thing that will make you better is ice cream. And look, he got into the healing game. Maybe some of the healings were coincidental. Maybe he really did help some of these people. What I do know is he did also get arrested along with his wife for calling himself a doctor when he had no medical license. This is the problem. But do you need a medical license if you're a paranormal gifted individual? Yes. Okay. And and if and if you are paranormally gifted, you don't call yourself a doctor. Jesus wasn't performing miracles and he was like, my name is actually Dr. Jesus. <laughs> and it costs a hundred bucks a pop to touch my robes. He kept it pretty chill and pretty humble. He, he at no point used his powers from God to tell people where to drill for oil. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of was pretty noble and, and great throughout the whole uh, period of his life. So there's, there's a lot of red flags I'm seeing today. He was charging, in today's money, $730 per reading. So he was charging yeah, yeah. a huge amount. Quite okay. a lot. Now, in my defense, I've saved that information to the end because he loudly and often said that he didn't charge anybody okay for for readings that it was that was his whole that was actually his whole shtick was that he was like i do this for free i do not make money from this uh and if i heal people or if they get rich off of it that is none of my business which was good advertising and it was a good kind of it made him seem chill and it probably is true that he probably really didn't charge most people or some people because otherwise he would have been found out very quickly but yeah uh, yeah, he was charging a lot of people. He was charging a lot of people a lot of money. You know, what I will say in Edgar's defense, you know, at the end of our investigation here is, you know, a bit like other people like this, let's say. Like, for example, we did a two-part series on Uri Geller, 
similar medium psychic telekinetic ability bloke. A lot more recent. A lot more. He's, he's still alive and kicking today. He didn't claim to heal people, thankfully. Uri was uh, studied on a number of occasions by professionals, and even though this was a long time ago, Edgar was studied once or twice too. Hmm. You know, a group of doctors got together to perform some tests on him, uh, rallied by Dr. John Blackburn in Bowling Green, Kentucky. They devised some tests, and they were similar kind of to the type of thing Uri was made to do later by the CIA. Right, right. We're talking, you know, they would get him to spy on someone who was in another room and he couldn't see what they were doing. Or on another occasion, they got someone to, like, walk around New York City and Edgar was allegedly able to uh, track their location kind of telepathically. That's pretty cool, to be fair. Now, we did do that Uri episode and uh, his results were pretty impressive too, but I do seem to remember, you know, those tests were criticised as well for not being badly designed, badly monitored. Yeah. And we know that, you know, just because we're saying there were scientific tests, that doesn't mean those tests were perfect. No, it really doesn't. Uh, especially, you know, if this guy's getting tested in, when you say he was alive? The 18... Yeah, 1800s. 1800s. I, I don't know if we could trust any kind of scientific uh, experiments being done into powers like this from the 1800s. And even the predictions, you know, it was a mixed bag. We've covered lots of fortune tellers in the past, and we do know that this is a bit of a numbers game. You know, while, whether it's Nostradamus, the great Alexander and Edgar Casey all made some accurate predictions. We also did an entire bonus episode about how accurately The Simpsons has predicted the future. And some of, the, some of those were just as good as these predictions. Even more accurate. Right, like predicting Donald Trump becoming president. And going down the elevator. There was like a shot for shot uh, of what happened in the future. It was kind of crazy. And as you pointed out, Rory, some of those prophecies aren't even particularly impressive you know, predicting that Hitler's going to be in power after Hitler's already really popular. <laughs> predicting a recession. I mean, that's literally what economists do for a job. <laughs> right, yeah. And people do pay them a lot of money to do it as well. And, you know, in a more insidious way, you know, we, we do know that there are, for fake psychics, there are techniques, aren't there? There's tricks and techniques that are established over many years that psychics can perform to appear as if they're really paranormal when they're not. It's true. You know, it's what we were afraid of at the start of this podcast. As soon as money starts getting involved, that's usually the mark of death on any paranormal case. Whether it's someone who's had an encounter and they use that to launch a book tour, you know, selling tickets to speeches about their event, it all, it just muddies the whole experience. So if you've got someone claiming to have all these powers who then starts charging for it, it's no different than the psychic horse that we investigated a few weeks ago. That's the same level we're talking about here. A creature that has a gift and you have to pay to use it, which I believe was also, unfortunately, a double no. Sounds like you hate entrepreneurship, Roy. <laughs> Sounds like you hate small businesses. Uh, I think if you're a small business like this, I do hate you. <laughs> Rory, we have, uh, I think, in my defense of being a... Someone accused me of being a charlatan for, for presenting this episode. But I would say in my defense, uh, I think I've brought together a pretty balanced assessment of what one of America's most famous spiritualist mediums and mystics, Edgar Cayce, uh, kind of brought to the table all that time ago. Um, I've shown you 
I think some of his more supposedly amazing feats, but then a little bit of skepticism at the end. But at the end of every episode of this paranormal life, we have to decide whether our case is really paranormal or not. Uh, Rory, what are you saying on the case of Edgar Casey? It feels like you brought me all of his uh, magical achievements, and then our researcher forced you to also include all of the facts at the end that really show him for for who he truly was. Actually, our lawyer, too, told (laughs) me to include all that. Uh, Hey, it's a great case. It's an interesting person with an interesting life. Uh, Don't know where the fairy plays a part in this. That kind of threw me for a loop. I thought it was going to turn out to be an angel, maybe because he was super into the Bible. And then the the fairy gifted him his powers, even though he was born with powers. I think the fairy has told him about his own powers. <laughs> yeah. It kind I'm, of... I'm, uh, pretty, I'm pretty psyched to see a fairy. We don't see enough fairies on the podcast. If the fairy turns up to tell him about his powers, we kind of didn't need the fairy to turn up at all. Because he has the powers. All right, this isn't like a Hollywood screenplay that you get to like give notes on. This is a man's life. I'm just not sure we uh, have the full hero's journey here. <laughs> You know, where's our act two? Where's the the redemption arc? Uh, I I think for any young lad who played uh, Ocarina of Time mm -hmm. uh, growing up, the hit video game, I think the idea of a a fairy visiting you, a magical fairy visiting you in a forest, that's going to sound like a sexual awakening to you because that's what it was for most of us, Roy. Right, right. The fairies in Ocarina of Time were... How do you describe them? Naked, for a start. (laughs) Uh, For a children's video game, it was odd. Yeah, there's memes on the internet of, you know, what it was like to play those games as a kid. And it was, you know, running around, having a good time in this little village with a sword and a shield and fighting monsters. And then going into this borderline sex fountain. (laughs) Well, yeah, sure. Where these, (laughs) in hindsight, very pixelated uh, women... It felt very cutting edge and realistic at the time. Right, yeah. Uh, burst. It felt like 4K. Burst out of a fountain naked, screaming, like, <laughs> ah! <laughs> and, basic, and for, you know, pending the Japanese translation, words <laughs> to the effect of, hey, big boy. <laughs> yeah, really, uh, really, really strange. I don't know, uh, I don't know how they, who decided to include them in the game. But uh, you're right. It awakens something within all of us. Uh, I don't think that's the exact description of the fairy that. No, got in contact I think this is a lot Edgar. more uh, PG. Right, actually. right, right, right. Um, look, it's a great story, but um, I just don't believe it. I think if you're someone claiming to be a healer, getting sued because you're not really a doctor, even though you're telling people that, and you're charging not money, sued, arrested, arrested, even worse. <laughs> Right, because he broke a law, yeah. Yeah. Getting arrested implies he was being sued and he continued to do it anyway. (laughs) Um, And charging people. This is such an awful combination of things that um, someone hopefully with these powers wouldn't do if they really had them. So um, I think it's going to be a no for me this week. I can't say I didn't see it coming. I think we have to chalk it up to a double no at the end of this episode. Oh! Oof. Um... It is just one of those stories uh, you got to cover. You know, we don't we don't pick stories because we think we're going to get yeses out of them at the end of an episode. We pick them because they're interesting or they're culturally significant or historically significant. And this one definitely is in the world of the paranormal in America. Yeah, uh, it is a key figure 
so hope you enjoyed it anyway. I think we always love getting back to this kind of weird period of magic and mysticism back yeah. in the day. You know, the whole the whole world was a little bit more magical because there was less n- knowledge <laughs> around. Yeah, it's really true. Yeah, we've had a couple now set in this kind of beautiful gray area where science and magic were colliding, where you think we'd be smart enough to know better, uh, and yet people still thought a 14-year-old boy twisting your back would cure your cancer. Honestly, people are still getting up to that. Uh, not even on an, on the other side of the world, just on Instagram. I feel like we've uh, we hit a peak of the scientific <laughs> knowledge, and we are really regressing back. To, there was probably a few people that were trying to use alchemy to beat COVID-19. Yeah, I think the recession and the COVID-19 global pandemic knocked us back uh, a few decades in terms of that thinking. Uh, but hope you enjoy this investigation anyway into Edgar Casey. Um, let us know what you think at this paranormal life podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can also see everything we're up to at this paranormal life.com, including... Uh, our ongoing tour oh! date. I think, I think at the time of uh, you're hearing this... We're on it. We're on it. We're on the road. This is past Rory and Kit. Um, Holy shit. Presumably, we're dead. Presumably, we overdosed on heroin from living the rock star lifestyle in San Francisco. We didn't <laughs> even make it to show three. <laughs> we didn't make it out the Bay Area. All right. I'm worried you're kind of manifesting something, which I don't want you to do, because I don't know if you can predict the future. Hopefully not. Let's try and t- twist this in a good Brother, way. Brother, my premonition was that I was a bowling ball. I don't <laughs> have a future. <laughs> Did I mention I was being bowled into an open grave (laughs) by an undertaker, the undertaker from WWE? Analyze that, mother (laughs) Uh, No, hopefully we are alive. I was bowled into 10 tombstones waiting for me in the graveyard. Hopefully we are still alive. Hopefully we're on the road. And, uh, you know, so if you want to find out whether we're alive, navigate in your web browser to thisparanormallife.com. If the ticket links are still up, bingo! We're still alive and kicking. We're still going to perform the rest of the tour. Um, There should be a few tickets left for every show. Uh, So please bring a friend, bring a family member, uh, someone that you think might enjoy the show, or your mates who already listen to the show, bring them along. Uh, We're having a blast, and I can't wait to see you in person. Hell yeah! We're so excited. Of course, the other home on the internet of This Paranormal Life is patreon.com the place where we upload weekly podcasts in the form of the after party as well as full-length bonus episodes every month that we've been doing that for five years or more uh there is hundreds and hundreds of episodes of bonus content on patreon.com forward slash this paranormal life five bucks five dollars five pounds whatever it is a month gets you access to a ton of that extra content. And it's a great system because all of the money received through Patreon goes straight to us to make this project, which is a fantastic way that you guys get to support the show and get some really cool rewards in return. That's how we've managed to do everything uh, we've done to date. And as Roy says, for five bucks to our American listeners. That's a steal. What's that? Couple of beers from the off-license. To our British listeners, it's like a four-pack of baked beans. Fill in your local equivalent of what that could be. Uh, But it's not a whole lot. It's not a whole lot to get access to all of that instantly. 
And at the end of every episode, we like to take the time to thank a couple of our supporters on the shoutout tier. Hell yeah! Special thank you to Thea B. Thea B, we are so glad to have you here with us in the Paranormal Commune. Um, of course, it's classified what happened to Thea A. God rest their soul. <laughs> Whoa. We really thought they were going to survive the experimental... So what part scientific... of it is classified? <laughs> you told us everything. I didn't tell you. We didn't tell what happened. We didn't say what happened to them. You were about to. And I will, will say no more because it would be an insult to their memory. <laughs> but Thea B, we're, we, you're fine. You're great. And if you are so inclined to uh, continue the scientific testing that went on in the classified laboratory underneath the chapel. Just let us know. Too much. But I can't say anymore Too because it's, it is classified. Thanks to Benjamin Cook. Let him cook. <laughs> this guy's so good at cooking, he's stacking the Benjamins. Oh, nice. Right. So he's like, he can make really good food. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I think between you and me, it's a little bit more uh, kind of... Cooking for the streets, if you know what I mean. Okay, so drugs? <laughs> yeah. Meth? Yeah, 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 yeah. Essentially, yeah. You can't make Benjamins <laughs> making f***ing chips. Yeah, let me tell you, when this guy's dreaming, he isn't talking about 50 milliliters milk, 50, <laughs> 50 eggs, all right? Well, thanks, lastly, today, to Katie Lafferty. Katie's got too much on her platey. Oh, no. She really has. And I'm not really talking about uh, work obligations or personal responsibilities. Uh, at the commune buffet, she's got too much on her platey. Yes, it is a buffet, and we do say it is all you can eat, but there is a one egg maximum. <laughs> right. So even an egg, and, and it's a quail egg, so it's already very, very, very small. But that's it. If you have the egg, you can't have a string bean. Because you fulfilled your quota of dinner. You oh, had the egg. I thought you said you could have more eggs. You're saying you can have anything. No, one it. egg maximum, and that's it. Okay. No, no. water. <laughs> no oxygen. Stop breathing. So, Katie, you've got too much on your platey. Take the, take the green bean off, uh, or you will be arrested, unfortunately. Uh, Jesus. Uh, that's news even to me, Katie. Uh, sorry about that. Um, to the dungeons though yeah. obviously uh, thanks for your support and thank you to everyone else who supported us on Patreon we'll be back with more shout outs from next week Woo! we are going to continue on our uh, crazy road trip which we'll be filling you in about as soon as possible um, yeah if you want to keep in touch with how things are going very currently mm. uh, head on to Patreon check out the after party yeah. we're going to be uploading those from the road yeah, in hotel rooms recording and uploading in vans just life on the open road it's going to be great unless maybe a couple dead. beers unless we're dead like I said we're not going to be dead well you know I do want to go bowling with you now though weirdly <laughs> I start crying it's, it's very <laughs> therapeutic uh, yeah, we'll see you guys uh, next Tuesday, hopefully, uh, and on Friday on the after party. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.